Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. I am just, I think, okay, November is classically like the month for thankfulness and gratitude, right? I think I'm feeling it a little over the top. Like I am brimming from head to toe with gratitude, and I got to tell you why. So, you know, yesterday I had to do a little bit of a cumbersome job, and it's been looming over my head for a while, and I sat down and said, okay, I'm just going to do this task got done and had like all of this, I had like this revelation. I was like, oh my God, like that task wasn't really fun, but it was like the 1% of things that I have to do in my business that I don't really like to do. Like there is so few things that I do that I don't enjoy doing in my business. And that feeling made me so grateful. And then I started thinking about my clients and like the amazing things that they're putting out into the world and that I get to watch them do and build. And not only that, but like help them to amplify their message and and spread the word about what they're doing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I chose these people, they chose me. And I just started to feel like so much gratitude for that. And then, um, of course, I am so grateful For each and every one of you that listen, I'm so grateful for the women of the She Built This group and I like watch them supporting one another and cheering one another on and collaborating with one another and I just, I kind of can't believe it. Like I I had to take a step back yesterday and uh, here's the other side of gratitude, I think, or thankfulness. Um, I think it's really important to make sure that we express it, you know, both for other people Um, for, you know, like I want to express to you how grateful I am that you listen. I want to, if you are part of the She Built This group, I am 100% thankful for you for that. But I think it's really important not to let it go unexpressed because when we share it with other people, then those people get to feed off that feeling of abundance and excitement because gratitude is very exciting. Like when you really take stock of the things that you're truly deeply thankful for, no matter how small they are, like sometimes I lay in my bed and I'm like, oh my God, I love the color of this room. Sometimes I sit in my office and I'm like, I love the color. I love this room. You know, it's just like the little tiniest things, but saying those things out loud just increases the feeling even more. Um, So I think this week I have really had one of those weeks. It was a little wonky to start. And I, I had a little bit of a mental thing, like a little mental mindset funk going on. And I just ended up coming to a place of sheer and utter gratitude for right now and hope and excitement for the future. Um, my husband and I, like, I just, I'm so grateful that we are able to have open communication with one another. I'm so grateful for my mom just came to visit. And we had such a nice, cool fall night, like around the campfire and just sharing stories and catching up with one another. It was so fantastic. So I guess my point in all this to say is just when you are feeling these feelings of gratitude and thankfulness um, this month, make sure that you are giving them the proper expression, either writing them down or sharing them with that person um, and share, you know, just spread the gratitude feelings, spread the positive vibes. We could all use a little bit more positivity right now. Um, today's episode is featuring the next Naughty Good Bite Woman of the Month, which means that I'm co-hosting the show with Lindsay Taylor of Naughty Good Bites. 
And wait until you hear the story of our guest today. Her name is Sheila Holmes, and she has been through some things that you would say to yourself at this point, like, okay, there's not much I can be thankful for in this situation. And she just looks at every situation that has happened to her and says, you know what, this happened for a reason, and I'm going to breathe, and I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to remain abundantly grateful. And I think it really, you know, after hearing the episode... I really think that gratitude is just a huge way to strengthen our resiliency muscle and also to help keep us present because when you are grateful, you really have to force yourself to be mindful of what's happening around you and what's happening in your life and the people in in your life and paying attention. Um, So I'd love to hear your thoughts and takeaways from today's guest and episode. Um, She was actually nominated. Her nominator is Heather Hygis. I hope I said your last name right, Heather. Um, And I think one thing I really love about having somebody nominate the Naughty Good Bite Woman of the Month is that you get to not just hear what Lindsay thinks about her or what um, Sheila thinks about herself, but you get to hear like this full circle perspective of what others think about Sheila. And I think that just will strengthen her message even more because you're going to see how much of a strong, resilient, resourceful, beautiful woman um, Sheila is and her story. And that's where I leave you and say, without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, this is Heather Hygis, and I'm nominating Sheila Holmes for this week's segment on thankfulness. Sheila is just one of those people who has an infectious energy about her. You can be having a crummy day, but within five minutes of talking to her, you already feel better. I have a feeling she's one of those people who just gets up every day and chooses happiness. My mother reminds me on a pretty continuous basis that life is full of challenge and stress, but it's how we handle it that makes the difference. Sheila's story definitely exemplifies this. A couple of years ago, she became visually impaired from an autoimmune disease. This created a lot of challenges in both her personal life and as her career as a hairdresser. In true Sheila style, she picked herself up and started a new adventure. She went back to school for massage therapy. I remember thinking one day, how on earth is she studying for tests when she is having such a hard time even reading the books? But she did it, and today she is happily running a new massage therapy business in Northwood. You will never see Sheila Holmes feeling sorry for herself. She's definitely one of those people who can find thankfulness in every day. Hi, Lindsay, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. It's so good to have you back. Yes, I feel like it's been a while, right? It, it has been a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I, our last um, interview with Tina Howard, the Naughty Good Bite Woman of the Month for October, was super fun and one of the most listened to episodes. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and so I'm really excited to have another Naughty Good Bite Woman of the Month. That's kind of a mouthful. I know it really is. Maybe so, we need to call it like NGW or something yeah, like that. It's a little more than a bite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yep. So why don't you tell us about what the theme is for the month of November and yes. then interview, or sorry, I said that 
before to introduce our guest. Yeah. So um, as you probably have come to, a lot of your listeners have come to know, we each month we choose a woman who's nominated by other women um, to be featured as our Naughty Good Woman of the Month. And so this month we have a theme each month and that defines what makes each of us naughty good. Uh, November is be thankful for many reasons, obviously. It's probably one of my favorite months because uh, there's so much we can be thankful for. Um, so I can't really think of a better way to begin our month of be thankful than introducing you to our November 2019 Naughty Good Woman of the Month, and that is Sheila Holmes. So Sheila, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome. We, we yeah. are too. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am a mother of two daughters and a son and five grandsons. I've owned um, a hair salon for 25 years and I've, I've worked as a hairdresser, um, obviously owner and manager and decorator, you know, everything that goes with the business. Um, I also um, have recently become a massage therapist and I've done the books for my husband's plumbing business for 32 years. So, oh my gosh. You're like, yeah. a, you're a Jill of all trades <laughs> and you sound like you have a whole lot of experience um, under your belt. So I'd love to hear from you, um, I guess, what being thankful means to you on a very high level. Right. So... I've learned a lot in the last um, few years with some things that I've been going through and, um, you know, I feel like it's, I mean, we're all thankful for base, the basics, right? The, the, the everyday things. We're all thankful for healthy, a healthy family and food on the table and uh, roof over our heads. And those are legitimate thanks for sure. Um, but lately I've, um, I've learned to appreciate a deeper um, gratitude, um, and, and it's kind of in three parts. Um, so I've really learned to be really grateful for, um, I think it's important for people to be grateful for their faith. And by that, I mean, um, I split it up. That I feel like I have um, a lot of faith in myself. Um, I've learned that, you know, um, we need to be strong and there's things we need to get through and and that comes from a lot from ourselves and I hope that people take away from this interview knowing that really they can do anything that they put their minds to. Yeah. Um, I'm asked all the time, you know, I don't know how you're doing it and this and that and and I just and, and we, you inspire us. And while I appreciate that, I believe that within all of us, we have the same strengths. We just have to tap into them. So yeah. I think we need to be um, really thankful for the faith in ourselves. Um, also, I've, um, I'm really um, thankful for the faith that I have in a higher power as well. I don't prefer to attach myself to a religion, but I thank God every day for so many things. And I think that people need to really tap into themselves again and find that higher power um, to, to be thankful for and to look for guidance into, you know, it, whether it's God or the universe or, you know, the sunshine or nature. I mean, uh, I feel like whatever fills someone's soul, 
they need to really find that and, um, and be grateful for that. And the other thing is the human spirit. I've really learned a lot about the human spirit and how we can all come together in times that we need to. And I've obviously witnessed that um, beautifully in the last few years. So yeah, um, yeah, a lot of faith in a lot of things. Yeah, I think that that's um, both very powerful to say, like, like as you mentioned about um, not necessarily having, you know, you may not be tied to a religion, but I, you know, I love that you point out that you can really rely on a lot of other things. Um, whether, like you said, it could be the sunshine, it could be another, you know, um, right. could be a higher power. You know, I think it's it is a, um, I think a lot of us find in in times of hardship that we have to look beyond our own selves in order to be able to find that strength um, or to, I guess, tap into our own strength. Um, and so I'd love to have you expand a little bit on, on your story and um, you know, what, you know, you talk about the last few years and whatnot. And I know some things began way back in 2001, we're almost 20 years ago, but I'd love for you to start kind of, you know, sharing that with us a bit. Sure. Um, so I'll start by describing myself a little bit. Um, I, as a teenager, well, always I've been pretty goal orientated and I, um, I really wanted to have a family. That was what I really wanted in life to be a mother and wife and have a family. Uh, but I, of course I knew I needed to do something, get an education. I wanted to be able to contribute to my family financially as well. And I, uh, I took a year off from high school and I went to, to UNH to think about being a kindergarten teacher because I thought, well, I love kids and I think that would work well with raising a family. I'm going to do that until I found out it would be five years of education. <laughs> and I thought, I'll be 24 years old. <laughs> uh, you know, that was too much. So I thought, well, my second choice is hairdressing. And I thought, that's 10 months of schooling. I love, I love doing hair. And um, that is really doable with a family as well. So I went to school and I got that under my belt. And um, I actually ended up getting married when I was 20 and had my first little girl when I was 21. Um, my goal again was to have all of my, I want, wanted, we wanted to have three children and I wanted them to be all born before I was 25. Um, so that they could all grow together yep. and this and that. And so anyway, I met that goal. I had all my children uh, before I was 25 and um, did, all, I still worked, but I mostly stayed home with them until my son, my youngest went to school. And then I was fortunate enough to open my own little salon on Route 4 in Northwood. Um, it was very small. It was only about 200 square feet, maybe if that, and it was just me. But again, meeting the goal of being home for the school bus every day and um, being able to participate with sports and dance and all that, like all mothers do, um, it was really awesome. And then when my children were high school age, I got an invitation to expand and move down to where the location is now on Route 4 across from Cooper Hill. And it was a 1,400 square foot area. and. Um, you know, it was great. I got to put a lot of myself into um, building it and decorating it and painting. I had my hand in all of the construction and the business building. And at one time we had four girls 
uh, including me doing hair and things were really good. Well, then my children were older, uh, early 20s. My son just got out of high school and I had the opportunity to go to South Carolina and um, be a hairdresser for a woman who owned a salon um, just south of Myrtle Beach. And for a whole year, I would come home and take care of all my clients here for six weeks and then go back down to South Carolina for two weeks. And that was really good for me, um, whereas I grew up in a small town my whole life. And it was really a nice opportunity to sort of do something new and different and um, meet new people. And uh, yeah, so did that. And then my first two little grandsons were born. We're around 2005 at this point, or 2008. And they were twin boys and so i obviously wanted to be around to help with them and and bond with them so i stopped going to south carolina and just obviously stayed home and you know that been you know hung out with the kids and then you did what entrepreneurs Along the best the thing about entrepreneurs what we're able to do is what you did you're able to make your own hours right Yes. And uh, was my original goal, you know, as a, as a kid, really, um, make my own hours. And, um, yeah. It, and so then, and it really grew with my family. Right. So mm -hmm. that was really important. And then I was around to help with my grandsons and, um, and then, so then, um, everything happens for a reason. That's kind of a good little takeoff of this too, because, uh, somewhere around 2015, I would say, um, the gym next door to my salon wanted to grow. And I was ready to shrink because um, two of my girls, one left to open her own salon. So I was so happy for her. And then another one moved out of state. So it was just me and my other and Carrie. So we, I gave half of the salon to the gym and I um, made my salon smaller and all my expenses went down and um, it was great we and I got to really like redesign my third salon <laughs> Isn't that fun so yeah it's so fun yeah <laughs> so then so that's kind of bringing us to the present day but before I go on with what's going on now um, yeah there were some I had some rocky roads along the way. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us about, because I think that's where, you know, we really get to see that you leaning into your faith and you leaning into how strong you really are. I'd love, um, you know, love for you to kind of expand on that. Sure. So somewhere around 2001, I, I, this is when I was still in my original salon. I got really sick and um, I had swollen joints and, um, just, you know, my eyes were, um, sensitive to the light and really tired and it just really said, no one knew what was wrong with me. And, um, Hey, Sheila, to my, put it in perspective, when was this in relation yeah. to you going to like South Carolina and stuff yeah. like 2001? Oh, right. It was before that because I, oh, okay. So yeah, so I'll, I'll fill you in. So, so I was sick 
And, but it took two and a half years. My Lyme disease test came back negative for two and a half years and no one knew what was wrong with me. I, and it was really frustrating because I was on crutches a lot of times and I still worked. I still, you know, I have amazing clients that have put up with all of this over the years, but um, I still worked and, and I finally um, went to Connecticut to a Lyme disease doctor and he diagnosed me and got me on antibiotics and I actually got better. And that was part of me going to South Carolina, you know, like I was so sick and now I'm better and I'm gonna live life. And mm-hmm. <laughs> my kids were old enough for me to start doing stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so I, I got better finally, but what it did is that I wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed for so long. So it um, triggered an autoimmune disease Mm-hmm. that you know will stay with me forever yeah. so um, as far as the sore joints and everything else going on I I was better I was very healthy and um and all that but I had you know some other issues that were were livable but yeah, yeah. and that lasted for I mean you were feeling pr- I mean you had these other things but you were feeling pretty good for a bit I mean it wasn't until 2018 right where things started to was it 2018? Right. I to have problems with your vision. Right. I, um, <clears throat> I was feeling really good. Um, I did have my immune system also attacked my belly a little bit. I had to have abdominal surgery in 2011. Mm-hmm. And well, I got through that. And <laughs> then, yeah, and then again, life's pretty good. Um, and then 2017, the fall of 2017. Um, so all along, all, all those years, I was feeling good. But like I said, there were little things like every fall, my my eyes would become inflamed. Um, I would be sensitive to light. and But I would go to the, the ophthalmologist and they would put me on steroid drops and it would clear up and I was good to go. Well, in 2017, I, same thing, I was having the symptoms again. So I went to the ophthalmologist just on a regular day thinking, you know, yeah. all right, I'll get my drops and get on with life. Um, but he said that this time it was different, that my uh, inflammation was to the back of my eye, um, attacking the optic nerves. So uh, off to Boston, I went and... Um, Can, may I pause you? Um, when, that, <laughs> when that happened, when he said that, what was your response in that time in that moment so how did did you feel as soon as someone tells you you need to go to boston for anything Mm -hmm. um and he said to go today he said go to boston today wow i you don't know do you know is there something going on in my brain what's going on with my eyes and my because i could still see yeah you know but it was it was broken up a little and it was um you know, and I was sensitive, like I said, sensitive to the light and it gives you a little bit of a headache around the eyes. So I didn't feel good. And I knew that I had the problem, but the symptoms felt just the same as usual. Right. So, you know, oops, sorry. Up to this point, have they connected that yet to the autoimmune or were they thinking this was just a, like a seasonal thing? Were they, had they connected it in the years past in the fall and said, Oh wait, we need to do this because it's related to, you know, 
the earlier days of Lyme, which eventually you had the autoimmune disease, or was were they thinking it was unrelated? So always they never know what's wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so they... They, in fact, my ophthalmologist is the one that found that I had a flag for the autoimmune disease. So he's the one that actually diagnosed me with that. And he did think it was my immune system. And, um, but then when I went to Boston that day, that doctor was adamant. He was saying, this is not, this isn't your, uh, your immune, autoimmune disease. This could be something else we need. You know, I had to have an MRI, make sure I didn't have MS or anything else going on. And of course, nothing else was going on. These things just mm-hmm. happened to me. And um, so they kind of, you know, he said, there's only a 1% chance that this would be your immune system. But he said, I guess that's what it is. You're in the 1% because oh. what else is it? I'm, I'm like the healthiest sick girl there is really. Honestly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so that I went to him for a year. There was really no, they put me on prednisone. There was really no, um, nothing that they could really do. Um, it did stop. So it left me with, um, so so I can see, but it's very, um, it's like looking through a fog. So on a really foggy day, when you wake up and you look out at a lake and there's fog hanging over the lake, um, there's that thick part that you really can't see through very well. And then there's the thinner fog and, and you can see through it, but it's, it's foggy. Yeah. That's my vision. So, so yeah. I'm going to ask the obvious question here. Um, how did that affect your career of cutting hair? Right. Uh, well, I was done. <laughs> I, you know, I, I couldn't cut hair anymore. At first I thought I definitely couldn't cut hair anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I since learned that I cut hair for so long and I had clients that I worked on for so long that I actually still have a few um, clients that come see me um, and I can manage their hair and I need their help a little bit. You know, when I apply their color, I ask if I got around their ears really good. I make them look for me and thankfully they work with me. But, but they've been my clients for 20 years, you know, they don't want to, leave. And, and I'm still doing a good job. It's like literally like writing a book, like, like doing something with your eyes closed that you've been doing forever. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but, but overall, you know, I would not, not take new clients. I don't do foils. It really cut things down tremendously. Um, I wouldn't dream of calling myself really a hairdresser anymore. Um, but I still owned this business and I still had a booth renter who I didn't want to let down, you know, just because my situation now, I didn't want her to have to be out of a job. So that was a concerning. And I have a beautiful niece who um, is a hairdresser and she came and take, took my clients for over my clients for me. She could only give me one day a week. Um, She did as many as she could. And by the time this happened, I had had about, 250 clients and two um, memory care facilities that I would go to and do their hair. Um, I really built my career. I worked really hard and built a really good career for myself. And of course, wanted to go the rest of my life with that. Um, So I had to give up my clients. My niece took a lot of them. My coworker took a lot of them and my good friend Diane took a lot of them. So 
Um, yeah. That was huge, and I'm very thankful for them. But it didn't stop you, Sheila. I mean, we so there's there's such a great, you know, you were no longer a hairdresser, but why don't you share with the listeners, you know, kind of what happened next? Sure. So while I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And it took a few months because I was hoping to get better too. You know, three or three or four months, I was waiting and seeing what the doctors were going to say. And I was hoping to bring it all back together. Um, but when I realized that probably wasn't going to happen, I had heard of a, a girl who inspired me. Uh, she apparently, I haven't never met her, but she lost her sight when she was a teenager and finished high school and went to massage school. And she was a massage therapist in Chichester. And I had heard about her and I thought, hey, I could do that. <laughs> you know, I have the space and um, I, I can do that. And again, things happen for a reason. I called around for different schools and there was one called Seacoast Career School. They had a campus in Manchester and in Sanford, Maine. So I don't know many people that go to Manchester and this was overwhelming me because I was going to need a ride. Yeah. And I thought, well... <laughs> My son lives next door to me. He works every single day in Biddeford, Maine and goes through Sanford every day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I just, every time I say it, I get goosebumps because the things happen when we don't realize they're going to happen. And we're really all going to be okay because if you just relax and breathe, things happen just the way they're supposed to happen. Mm. And um, I rode with my son every day, went to school in Sanford. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you got that massage therapy license. You started doing that and you turned kind of, you made it lemonade out of lemons, right? Is <laughs> for lack of better. I, yep. Yeah. I mean, I had a car. School was going to cost $12,000. And although wow. I could have taken loans or I could have got scholarships, I probably could have gotten the money elsewhere. I had a car and a motor. Oh, along the way, I also got my motorcycle license. That, mm -hmm. um, like. I've had it for two years before my eyesight happened. I wanted to do that. And I went and got my license and I had a little motorcycle and um, yeah, the, uh, and I had a little golf cart. <laughs> so the reason I'm saying that is I sold my car, I sold my motorcycle and I sold my golf cart and all of those paid for school. And I did it that way because I needed that car and the, the idea that I would not drive again to mean something um, important. And it really helped me get over that hurdle because I used the car to pay for an education and that's meant a lot, so. Yeah. Um, so Sheila, during all of this, did you have like, you know, you mentioned some of the people that worked for you and your niece and your son. What was the support like for you from your community and you know, I guess, primarily um, women in your life that are, were around you. Yeah, sure. But it's just amazing. I mean, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully I have given throughout the years. Well, obviously I did. And it just all came back to me immediately. Um, everyone stepped up to help. Um, again, my son obviously brought me to school. Um, my girlfriend's have been amazing. Um, I couldn't have gotten through it without, without them for sure. Um, 
rides. People are calling me all the time for rides if I want rides or if I need a ride. Even my clients will say, do you need me to pick you up? <laughs> do you need me to bring you home? And, you know, I feel like that isn't part of their job since they are coming to me and paying me for a massage, but it's so nice of them. And, um, and sometimes I take them up on it. Um, everyone's been amazingly supportive. I, with that, and I would love to know, I, I think it's hard for us as women to rely on help from anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we often feel like we have, you know, we do everything ourselves. Um, how was that? Was that hard for you to kind of resign yourself to the fact that you were going to need help now in some instances um, and that that was going to be okay? Like, was that hard for you? Yes, because I'm a doer and um, I not only took care of myself and the things I wanted to do and needed, I took care of others. Um, um, I just doing hair really, Um, you know, um, I, I still don't want to ask people for rides. I, sometimes I'll stay home before I ask for a ride somewhere. Oh. Um, well, no, I'm not mean to sound that way. I just, I've learned to have priorities, priorities. Yep. And if I, you know, in my car, I used to be able to, with my car, you know, jump in and go get a coffee or take a ride. Now I've had to learn to step back and realize that I can't do that. And, but I'm not going to ask someone, you know, will you come and get me to go get a coffee? But um, <laughs> um yes it's hard it it was hard and that goes to back to what I was saying about having faith in the human spirit I mean I had to let go and let people help me because guess what that makes them feel good too and by me letting them help me raises them up and that's what we want right we want to help people where we can and we also need to learn how to accept help because that actually helps other people too. Yeah. You said it beautifully. I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah. Right. Um, so do you love, tell me a little bit more about the massage therapy. Do you love doing that? And how did you jump into that business and like marketing yourself in that? And, and what did that process kind of look like for you? Because it's entirely new and different from doing hair. Yes, I um, do love it. And I, I'm back to helping people again and giving back. And so that really makes me happy. And um, how I did it was I um, turned part of the salon into a space where I can do massage. And I just put it out there. I just, of course, everyone, again, I'm from a small town. I had a lot of clients. Everyone knew what I was up to. And so I already have a lot of support that I'm so grateful for. Um, And I just really use Facebook for marketing for the most part. I've changed a little bit in the way that I, so when I did hair, it was always lots of marketing, lots of getting attention. Plus I had to worry about my other girls that worked for me, right? I was responsible to bring people to the salon. Um, Now I feel very quiet and I just have to take care of myself. So the clients that reach out, I mean, I don't do a lot of reaching out actually anymore because I, I have people coming to me and I'm actually really busy. So I, 
it's a nice, peaceful feeling actually. It's that word of mouth. And I, I yeah. think um, because you've, you know, you've established that trust and you've established um, those relationships, which we all can agree is huge as entrepreneurs is to establish those relationships. And um, so I, I hear you. I, I know with a lot of businesses, successful businesses, they don't have to do much marketing um, because they've created such a positive impact on people. Um, and I think one thing I wanted to kind of tie in with what Emily asked is when we had, um, talked a year ago when you were our, um, monthly, you know, our naughty good woman of the month, I know one of the things that you talked about was that your love of cutting hair, it was not only that, but you love being able to help people feel their best and, um, going back to school and doing massage therapy, you can now rely on touch instead of sight to kind of bring beauty to your clients. And I know that was one thing that really resonated with, with people when we set, told that part of your story, you know, is that, you know, you can still do that for your clients. Um, and so even though it's a different delivery, right, you're not cutting their hair, but you're um, instead, you know, making them feel their best in other ways. So kudos to you for doing that. Well, thank you. I, I do enjoy that. And, and thankfully I can see enough to create a clean and organized, um, comfortable space yep. to practice in. And um, I've gotten a special, uh, some special equipment that can help me like read things and still do our book work. So I'm still very active with, um, you know, paying our bills and doing um, the plumbing books and my books and um, wow. <laughs> thankfully I can see just, a, I can see enough to maintain most of the things in my life and keep them normal. But yes, the, the touch is amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. Some people think I may be in school. They thought maybe I would even be a better therapist because I can, I, I'm focusing more on the feeling than the sight of things. Yeah. I, I actually had a massage therapist um, probably about 10 years ago who had n no sight whatsoever um, from the time she was a young, young girl and she went to school for massage therapy and she was fantastic. Like very, like you said, like very in tune with her clients and just able to really focus on the touch aspect of things. Um, so I think, you know, that that's a really great point that those folks made. And I think probably as you continue to learn and grow your skills, you're going to find that even more. Yes. I love that story. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's amazing. I've learned a lot about, uh, you know, blind people and what they can do and how happy they are. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and stories and it definitely inspires me. Yeah, you and clearly your story is going to inspire so many other people. And you know, just for from anything that they might have going on in their life, like we we still have a lot to give, even if we lose something, right, mm -hmm. or someone. Um, and so, other than that one, um, Tina, I know you already kind of kind of tapped into somebody that um, inspires you. That one massage therapist who lost their sight when they were young. Is there anybody else that you kind of? have looked to as being role models or inspirations through your life? Um, so definitely like every day, right? Um, so yeah. um, we get that answer a lot, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't, well, yeah. 
yeah, if you're open to it, you, you will see that the mm -hmm. gifts that people bring to you. Um, if I had to say that um, the biggest influence might be my, my maternal grandmother who um, she, um, she just did anything, anything she wanted to do. If she, she had 11 children. She always cooked amazing meals. And um, not only that, but if she wanted to make wooden uh, window boxes, she would get out the bandsaw or whatever. So you used to do that and she would make them herself. And she uh, obviously, she taught me how to crochet and, and all that. And the other, the big thing is that age didn't stop her. She um, got a real estate license when she was in her late sixties, I believe, and started selling houses um she could play the piano and uh the accordion which i think she learned later in life as well so she was a big influence for me just to know that you can do anything that you put your mind to and really age isn't a limit and neither is any kind of a handicap yeah the apple doesn't fall from far from the tree sheila <laughs> <laughs> so but other than that sure there's been so many women. Um, there's one little girl. Um, I also was involved with the St. Baldrick's, um, of, of St. Baldrick's event that took, takes place at Cooper Hill every year. Mm -hmm. um, they invited me to shave heads um, for that event. And uh, it was pretty amazing shaving people's heads to raise money for childhood cancers. Uh, one little eight-year-old girl inspired me. <laughs> I cried when I cut her hair, actually shaved her head, actually. She raised a lot of money and then sat in the chair bravely and had me shave her long, beautiful hair off. Oh my goodness. And she just smiled through the whole thing and she just, just so beautiful. Um, so there's been children, there's been, there's been women in my chair that are going through chemotherapy and, and, you know, and I have to shave their head and it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, when we realize this world's so much bigger than ourselves, then I think that's the messages we can be inspired by a lot. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the one the stat story about that little girl. I can I can kind of was putting myself right there. That that hit me in all the feels. <laughs> it is beautiful, really. So yeah. not to put pressure on you, I guess, but I wanna know like what is next what is something that you still want to do but you haven't done yet because i mean you sound like the kind of person that when you decide that you're going to do something you just mm. go ahead and do it like get your motorcycle license and you know and and like your grandmother um so i would love to know what something what is something that you haven't done yet that you still want to do and you're going to do so that's part of my thankfulness that I'll get to in a minute. But all along the way, like I said, South Carolina experience, um, having my children, my business, um, my motorcycle license. I climbed two 4,000 footers just before this happened. And I really wanted to do more, but I'm so thankful that I did those two. Um, anything that I wanted to do, I did. Um, I don't believe in bucket lists I think and I hope people will take off from this that if there's something that you want to do try to make time today um, because I'm so thankful that I did because back to your question 
there's a couple of things that I've always wanted to do. They're, they're kind of small, but I never got to do them. Um, one is, um, I think it's the island of Dominica. A friend of mine's friend and herself, she was in the Peace Corps. She now lives there. They have this um, event every year that basically they protect the sea turtles. And so they have, they, so the, the turtles come out, lay their eggs and bury them. And then they take off, right? Well, predators try to get at those eggs. And especially when the little turtles are crawling back to the ocean, right? And I've always wanted to go there and witness that. Yes. Is this Nancy you're talking about? No, Judy, oh. Judy Barker. So amazing. Oh. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And, and, um, and it's just so amazing and i and those little turtles are so cute i would love oh. to hold one like i would be able to probably see them all crawling into the ocean at this point if they were lit up but yeah yep. to, to I, hold one or look uh, at them i was in south carolina actually funny that you say south carolina and um it was during the time where a lot of the nests were going to be hatching and so it was amazing to me it was on um um ocean isle and we would kind of follow along and they, if there was one that started to boil over, you could go and watch. We never witnessed one, but we saw, um, it was to see the turnout of people that go to see this and, and the emotion people have when they do see it. Um, it's just amazing to me. Like you think, oh, it's just a bunch of turtles. These guys are protected and it's amazing. So if you ever get to, you know, bear witness to that. Oh, that's it. It really is pretty substantial from it's, what I hear. Yeah, it sounds like so much fun. And I've seen those videos. Of, yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. really just like such a like, I don't know, it's it's they're like all fighting for their life. But in, yeah. a, in a way that you're just like rooting for them. And yep. yeah, so I love that you're doing that, that is, or that you would like to do that. I'd like to. Yeah. It's, it's life, isn't it? It's life in a little egg. It's like yeah. they're, they're, they're there and they have to, they know what they need to do with their instincts yep. and they need to find the strength to get to that ocean. And um, so they need a little help along the way, like all of us do, you know, yeah. and it's just, Aww. I've always wanted to do that. And it makes it more um, accessible, I think, knowing that they do it in South Carolina. So yeah. thanks yep. for that information. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We were there in um, July and August, end of July and early August. And mm -hmm. um, I will, after this, I'll send you the link to um, one of the, at least at Ocean Isle Beach, um, there's an organization that does it and uh, pretty, it's pretty wild stuff. They have, they have people who actually um, will, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like foster a, a specific um, hatch, like a, and so they, they watch it over and over and over until it boils over. And then, um, so it's just really, it's, it's just a re really neat experience. But um, so that's great. I think that that's, um, an awesome, not bucket list, not, um, item. Right. I don't call it that. <laughs> so, but, uh, right. Not yeah. a bucket list. Just do what you do, do it because yep. look like, like I've learned what happens. There's going to be a day that you won't easily be able to do the things you might want to do. And that doesn't mean, um, they say like, you know, I want to do this. I want to get this on my bucket list before I die. I want to get this done. But it's like death isn't the only thing that might stop you. So yeah. don't live for that day. You know, mm -hmm. there are other things that can happen that would prevent you from, from doing that. Yeah. Can you, um, 
you know, it kind of makes me think of, you know, you start, we started this off asking you what be thankful means to you just kind of from a high level. But now that we've heard your story, um, I'd love to, you know, know what you think, what is be thankful, having everything you've been through, how is that, has it changed your perception of that? And maybe what can you say to other women who about being thankful and what they should be thankful for? So it's hard. It's not hard. It's, I feel like we all go through levels that bring us to a different level of, of any emotion really, or, or feeling. Um, I, for myself, I am just, I think that I'm surviving as well as I am because I'm really, really thankful that I did the things that I basically wanted to do. Um, I have no regrets at all. I, I've climbed mountains. I, I got my boat license. I got my motorcycle license. I, you know, I, like I listed before, I, I feel like because I did the things I wanted to do, I, it makes this a lot easier and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing so it's I- like, I mean, sorry, Lindsay, I'll let you go, but it's like, you know, a way to be more thankful is to be present and be seizing the day as, as the day comes basically. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember you saying before too, like about the, you're thankful for what you've learned about the human spirit and the strength, um, mm. and the weakness and survival of kind of mm. your, like that was something you really, um, have been able to tap into right through all of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not perfect. And, and I have weaknesses. Um, and, but I, again, I tap into my own strengths and, and if I can't do it, I tap into the other humans in my life that are so loving and caring and giving. Um, I, so I've learned like, you know, we talked about to accept help. Yeah. Um, but first I try to do it on my own. It's really important to me. I'm not being stubborn, but I feel like, so if I go to the grocery store, I can go to Hannaford's and do my own grocery shopping. Yeah. It takes a while and, <laughs> and this and that, but it, but if a girlfriend offers to go with me, it goes so much quicker and I can say, yes, I'll take, you know, that and that and that. And she can put it in the cart so quickly and we can get through it and it makes life easy, but I need to know that I can also do it myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have another experience that I want to share, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So after my eyesight, so I used to take my grandson skiing all the time, and I really knew I was going to miss skiing. So um, last winter, last February, just before COVID, um, I said, well, you know what? I could sign up with um, the Granite State, um, uh, the group there that does, skis with the handicap. And that was kind of huge for me, actually. but. I wanted to ski again and I needed to prove to myself that I could do that. Um, so my son took us and my grandsons and me and I went off with the guides who were wonderful. And um, my grandsons went flying by me on the slopes and yelled, hi, Nene. And, you know, that was just so heartwarming that I could actually ski again with the kids and um, also overcome that fear. Yeah. Uh, proved to myself that I could still do that if I wanted to. So, yeah. Yeah. I got a lot. 
it's wonderful. Um, one of the, um, I'd like to kind of um, throw out there kind of the, a quote that I had from, from you, which I know you'd still agree with now, but I loved this. Um, you had said, I'm thankful for the ability to now feel a person's intentions, their compassion, understanding, and judgments in any given situation. This is a gift. I'm visually unable to see a smile, but I can sense it. I'm literally forced to trust my instincts and feelings. I am now able to feel the kind-hearted humans that I am so blessed to have all around me. And that kind of, you know, I thought that was just beautiful because, you know, you've like, you, I'm sure when you were skiing, you could sense all of that jubilation for all of them being there for you, you know, not only just you being excited, but them too, all around you, you know, you didn't need to see that you could feel it. Yes. I love that quote. And how amazing would it be? I mean, part of what you're doing with massage therapy is teaching people to tap into that, into their own bodies. Um, But I just would love a world where like we all are so attuned to that, that we can, I mean, it's, it's making you be more present with the people that you're with, you know? Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is good. Yeah. Um, All right. Usually we do like a little bit of a rapid fire section, um, or segment, I should say. So let's, let's start with what is your superpower? Okay. So I think, so I'm Gemini. So I, I have two of everything, basically. <laughs> two sides of everything. Oh, that's um, funny. <laughs> so um, my, definitely my superpower, I would have to say, would be my ability to adapt. I, I don't know where that came from, but no matter, really, no matter what's thrown at me, I have the ability to think it through and adapt to it. I just am so grateful to have that superpower. It's definitely my superpower you know um the other part is i think we're all born with super gifts as well as a power and um i feel like my super gift might be that i you know i guess my easygoing spirit i really feel like um i have no desire to control or manipulate any situation or any body i just take it as it comes and i think it's made this process a lot easier for me as well Hmm. I love yeah. that. That's beautiful. Um, all right. This is a fun one. This is one I always love to ask um, is, all right, you know that Naughty Good Bites, we have all these flavor personalities and which one do you relate to most? Okay. Again, I'm Gemini. <laughs> so I have, <laughs> so I she, have she has to take two. <laughs> yep. So number one is definitely wishy-washy. <laughs> Did I say that right? Wishy-washy. Yeah, it's Irish cream, so we call it Irishy-washy, but it's all about a wishy-washy woman, so yes. <laughs> Love it, because I'm also Irish. So <laughs> wishy-washy because, boy, when I want to do something, um, I definitely am wishy-washy to begin with. I have to talk <laughs> myself through it. I go back and forth. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Um, and then, you know, I definitely go through that pull. Um, and then my second one is um, passion nut, because once I decide to do that, after I come out of the wishy-washy, I am all in with all the passion that I have, no matter what it is that I would like to do. I, that's great. It's, um, I call it like a hamster on the wheel where we spin, 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 spin. And then when we finally get off, we're ready to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I always say with our, with our bites, um, it's funny. Cause I think, 
Emily, has there ever been anybody who's given us one flavor? I think everybody gives us like a few. <laughs> yeah, everyone has two <laughs> or, or more. One, yep. one, more. Born, we, one woman yep. need to make like a milkshake out of all the flavors she chose because she chose yes. so many. <laughs> yep. I know. And then we vote and we've said it would be fun to do like combo flavors of some of these, you know, because um, like from a flavor standpoint, some of them might actually work, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is kind of funny, like a, a key lime and a coconut, you know, you could totally do that. So we've always talked about it and now everybody's inspiring me. We should do that. <laughs> oh, I like that one. You could do it. Like it could be like, take me away or cow and take Anyway, we'll, yeah. we'll name it later. <laughs> name it later. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, this was fantastic, Sheila. And how can we um, find you and connect with you and your salon and, and your massage therapy? Um, so Not, uh, I know you're, I know you're busy, but we still want people to connect with you. <laughs> yes, that would be great. And I would love people to reach out, even if they have questions about um, anything really that I've spoken about, um, I can be reached. I'm on Facebook, um, Sheila Durkin Holmes. That's my personal page, but my, my massage, um, page is, um, I've named it Meraki Massage, um, Therapy, M-E-R-A-K-I. It's actually a Greek word that, um, means, um, thing, anything that you do that, um, you do with your whole heart and passion and soul. And um, I just really wanted to um, base my practice around that feeling. So. I always wondered why, where you came up with that. I, that's yeah. I, yeah, it's wonderful. And so I, I was, I was kind of stuck, right? Because I had a hair salon called Halo's Hair Salon, which I actually just sold. <laughs> I've yeah. actually turned another page, and um, and that's that's great. Um, but I didn't want to have two businesses. And so I just made up a Facebook name. So that's my Facebook name, but mostly I'm Sheila Holmes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I just, yeah. So, so online, that's how you can reach me. Meraki, M-E-R-A-K-I. Yeah. Correct. And we'll put all that information like right in the notes for people. So Oh, thank you. Well, this was so awesome and inspiring. And I really thank you for taking time out of your day and um, connecting with our audience and our people and being an inspiration to them and showing them what it means to truly be thankful. Because it's we always say thankful and gratitude and throw that word around like it's going out of style. But I think you really captured the essence of what it means. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. And yes, there's always those things we're grateful for on a daily basis. Sometimes we need to reach deeper though. Yeah. As, as well, you know. Yeah. You were great, Sheila. Thank you. This oh, is thank wonderful. you so much. Thank yeah. you. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.